0: Hi, I'm Mary Young, and on this episode of the Lessons from Life podcast, I'm just going to be sharing some thoughts about this day in history, September 11th, 2001. 17 years ago, I had been in Georgia for about two weeks, right before Labor Day. I was a thousand miles away from my friends who felt like family and 600 or so miles away from family had just relocated to Georgia with my job. My job involved teaching. I'm a computer trainer, so yeah, my job involved teaching. And that particular job, I was teaching a series of one-day classes. I started teaching these classes, I think the Friday after Labor Day, Thursday, Friday after Labor Day. And the following week, I was in the classroom at 8.30 in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, sorry, when class started, I got there about 7.30, 7.45. We took our first break at probably a quarter after nine. Now, I had only been here for two weeks. I didn't really know anybody, so I would spend my breaks in the classroom, just popping over to the coffee pot to fill up my coffee cup, things like that. The other people would scatter back to their desks to take care of work in that 10 or 15 minutes that they had. So I'm in the little coffee pot closet filling my coffee cup, and a lady walks up to me and she says, oh, you've been in class. You haven't heard the news. And I'm thinking, okay, what news? And she said, some people hijacked a plane. Well, my brain immediately flashed back to the 1970s when hijackings were uh, somebody hijacking a plane and saying, take me to Cuba. You know, and they would take the plane to Cuba. And with most situations, everybody was fine. There were a couple bad, you know, in Tebby comes to mind, a couple bad situations. But for the most part, it was not a big deal. They were taken hijacking the plane to go someplace. And so I looked at this woman like, where did they go? And she's like, no, they flew the plane into the trade center. And they've done it twice. And I just looked at her. And that silence that you're hearing here on the tape is the same kind of silence I had then. I'm just, my eyes are welling up and I was absolutely stunned at even the possibility that something like this could happen and it was time to go back to class. Now I have a remarkable ability to compartmentalize but I also know when something is more important than keeping 12 adults locked in a room to tell them about a piece of software that they're not going to use for another six months so as soon as all my people were back in the class i looked at them i said y'all have heard the news and they said yeah and i said okay there's a tv in the break room upstairs right in the cafeteria in the lunch room and they said yeah i said great let's go and we took a field trip up to the lunch room where the TV was on and people were just gathered around staring at this color television set, watching the flames coming out of those buildings. You wouldn't think it would still be so hard to talk about after 17 years, but I'm getting just as emotional as I was then watching the flames coming out of those buildings and then watching the first building collapse. If I could have justified keeping us all in that lunchroom for that entire day glued to that TV, I would have. But I was a contract trainer who had just relocated to Georgia and I needed to keep my contract. So I looked at them and said, let's go back to class. And I got to tell you, I don't think anybody in that classroom remembered anything that I tried to teach them that day. I don't know how they could. I know that at every break, we were back upstairs in that lunchroom watching the TV to see what else was new. And I know that I had people in that room who were taking advantage of the fact that we had computers with internet access to keep track of what was going on, because I would periodically ask them to let us know if there was an update, and they would. At lunchtime, I went up to my desk, and I called my mom to let her know that I was not Traveling. I was nowhere near the Pentagon. I was nowhere near New York City. I was safe in Atlanta because she knew that I had a job that had me traveling a lot. I called a coworker who was in uh, and found out that one of my other coworkers was actually teaching classes in Washington, D.C. You could see the Pentagon from his hotel room. And when I talked to him later or talked to somebody else later, I found out that he had a sister that worked at the Pentagon. So he didn't come back to work that week. He went looking for a sister. I don't remember the details on that. Um, After I got off the phone with my mom, I looked at my coworkers, and one of them wasn't there. And I said, hey, where's whatever his name was? It's so long ago, I don't remember. And they said he's from New York City. He had two sisters working at the trade center, and his niece goes to school in that elementary school down at the base of it. So he's gone home to wait for news. We did not see him for two weeks. When he came back, he told us that one of his sisters had been found in the hospital with a broken back. His niece had gotten out of, they got the kids out of the elementary school before everything happened, before it all went to hell. So she was fine and they never found the other sister. That is as close as I came to having a connection to that tragedy on 9-11, other than the connection that we all have as human beings and as citizens of this country or even citizens of the world. But just like I remember when I learned about the Challenger explosion, I remember 9-11. And this time of year, You'll hear a lot of, never forget, never forget. The memes and the posters come up on Facebook. Never forget. I've heard the same thing about other things. Never forget the Holocaust. Never forget what happened at Pearl Harbor. Never forget this, that, and the other. I prefer to say always remember because remembering is an action. Forgetting is negligence. I will always remember the school teacher who was going to fly into space on the Challenger, Krista McAuliffe. I will always remember the heroes on Flight 93 who on finding out what was going on said, we've got to do something, we've got to take the plane back, and wound up crashing in that field in Pennsylvania. I will always remember people filling the stairwells, carrying the ones who would normally need an elevator to get out of the building. And above all, I will always remember the policemen and the firefighters, the first responders who were going in the building when everybody else was trying to get out, and who kept going up those floors, stairs by stairs by stairs, floor by floor, to make sure that everybody had gotten out even though they never did get out. I remember the couple people that were found alive in the rubble, and I remember when it turned from a rescue operation to a recovery operation when they had to admit there was nobody left to search for. All they could do now was recover the remains. I remember the stories that came out over the next weeks and even the months after this happened. And that's what I want to remember the most. I don't want to spend my life remembering hatred and destruction. I want to spend my life remembering the people that came to help. There's a popular quotation, poster, meme that makes the rounds when there's a tragedy whether it's Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Katrina. Um, in 9-11, it couldn't be posted on Facebook because Facebook wasn't really around then, but I think I might have seen it in my email or something. Mr. Rogers, once upon a time, talked about how you handle the fact that bad things happen. And he had asked his mother about that when he was a kid. And his mom's answer was, look for the helpers. Whenever anything bad happens... You look, and you will see people coming forward to help. When I think about 9-11, after I'm done paying my respects to the memories of the people who died, through no fault of their own, just by going to work and being where they were supposed to be, and after being amazed at the people who survived because of something as simple as a car having a flat tire, or they overslept and were late for their train, so they didn't get to the Trade Center on time. Then I stop, and I remember the helpers, the people who came from all over the country to assist in that recovery effort. The lines outside the Red Cross buildings of people waiting to donate blood when they thought that there were gonna be survivors that needed blood transfusions the boats in the harbor going back and forth back and forth back and forth New York to New Jersey New York to the other side to get these people home or off the island because the roads were shut down the people who took strangers into their homes because they couldn't get home I'm gonna make myself cry here but 9-11 is a day worth tears the people of Gander Newfoundland a town that has an airstrip that once upon a time was the largest airport in the world decades ago when the FAA grounded all flights any planes that were in the air were told to divert to the nearest airfield seven thousand people landed in Gander. town population doubled when those planes landed. A little town in Newfoundland suddenly became home to strangers for, what, about a week? I'd have to go back to Google and read it again. But go look it up. If you have not heard the story of Gander, Newfoundland, you go out to your favorite internet search engine and you look up Gander 911 and you read about it. The mayor declared a state of emergency for the town. They opened up the schools as emergency shelters. Townspeople took people into their homes. Stores donated what they could. They made all of these people honorary Newfoundlanders, Newfoundlanders, honorary Yander people. They consider them now part of their family. And that is just one of many stories from 9-11, there were people in downtown New York handing out bottles of water to these ash-covered pedestrian survivors who were walking away from the rubble of what used to be their office, their restaurant, their school, their place of business. There were no strangers. There were no divisions. We were just people helping other people. I can remember a lot of things about that day in September. And a lot of those memories bring tears. The sad kind of tears. But when I remember these people, when I remember these helpers, then I have good tears. And the good tears cleanse the bad feelings. And they remind me about hope, and about love, and about all the things that matter to me. They remind me that love is stronger than hate, that love drives out bitterness. That even in the darkest dark, if you look, you can find a speck of light, and you can be that speck of light and it may not seem like much to stand there and hand out bottles of water but to these people that was like giving them bottles of priceless champagne it was giving them what they needed when they needed it it was being there and that is a huge gift personally i had never had any desire to visit new york until after 9-11 i'm not a city person i like the country i would much rather go up in the hills out in the woods I'm not one of those that says, hey, let's go to the city for vacation. After 9-11, I wanted to go to New York, not to gawk, but in solidarity. And a year later, I had a business trip to Long Island. It was about a week after the first anniversary. And I spent my time in Long Island taking care of my customers, doing the classes that I was there to teach. We were done about 10 o'clock on Friday morning due to some unexpected technical issues and my plane didn't leave until Saturday night. So I went back to my hotel, changed my clothes, and took the train into the city. I took the train into Grand Central Station and I started walking. And when I was done walking I was at Ground Zero. It was just a big hole in the ground. They had had a memorial ceremony and so there was a place where you could see some wreaths that had been placed. There was wooden fencing around the whole thing, so it wasn't very easy to look into the giant hole in the ground. But the part that astounded me was the signs. Printed. Drawn by hand. Stickers, pictures, signs plastered to the walls. Some were still pictures of people that have been missing since 9-11. But there were so many posters of solidarity, of we're with you. There were flags from different countries hung on the fence with writing on them. There were buildings in the area that were still being worked on that had been potentially damaged by fall and they had some type of black netting canvas I don't know draped over them it looked like funeral shrouds except for one one building instead of a funeral shroud it had a building sized poster this building sized poster had a picture of the Statue of Liberty and some of the skyscrapers of New York behind it with a giant heart that had been painted to look like the flag. So part of the heart had stars and part of the heart had stripes. And there was a saying underneath the picture. The human spirit is not measured by the size of the act, but by the size of the heart. That spoke volumes to me that day it still does i want to be measured by the size of my heart i want to be remembered as a person that loves not as a person that hates if you have time today even if you can't do it at 8:10 eastern time to commemorate the time that the plane hit the tower take a minute Just one minute, 60 short seconds, silence all the distractions, sit there, and think about those lives that were lost, and think about the helpers, and promise that you will always remember 9-11-2001, not out of hatred, but out of love because these people deserve to be remembered. Thanks for listening to the Lessons from Life podcast. Until next time, go make it a great day.